The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Saints Happy Hour is doing a live show at Port Orleans on Friday, September 16th. Join us as we get ready for the Saints 2022 home opener versus Tom Brady and the Bucks. It will be a fun night of laughs and Saints talk with the Saints Happy Hour crew. The show starts at 7 p.m. You need to RSVP at saintshappyhour.com to make sure you get the free The Boys Are Back in Town Souvenir Cup featuring the Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry, so you can fill it up with beer for your first drink at just three bucks, with all the proceeds going to support Team Gleason. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and RSVP for the Saints Happy Hour live show at Port Orleans on September 16th. We will see you there. And who dat? Did you know there is a great and easy way to support Saints Happy Hour? Even if you aren't a patron, Amazon Prime users can support Saints Happy Hour for free. Just click on the text in this episode's description that says instructions on how Amazon Prime users can support the show. It will only take you three minutes, and the best part is it doesn't cost you anything. You just do a couple of clicks, and you give us $3 of Jeff Bezos' money. So go do it right now. And remember to do it every month. So if you haven't done it yet this month, go do it. And thank you for supporting Saints Happy Hour. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know fuck all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throw a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football's your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole alright everybody welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast this is a special Sunday edition me and Andrew are recapping the Saints final public uh, open to the public training camp practice. They practice in the Caesars Superdome Sunday. The so dome. And- <laughs> the dome. <laughs> uh, so me and Andrew are going to recap it. By the way, if you haven't RSVP'd already and you're a patron, what are you waiting for? RSVP for the live show September 16th uh, so you can get your boys are back in town cup. Uh, Dave's got that order in. We're, we're making them. They're molding them as we speak. Andrew, we're up to 87 RSVP. So make sure you get RSVP so you can make sure you get a cup. Uh, Fun's going to start at 7 o'clock. It's going to be amazing. We're going to get ready for Tampa. We'll get to Tampa in a minute. They're having a horrible summer. It's delightful. Um, But, Andrew, today I didn't play the breaking news sound sound bite, but I could have. But I didn't because Dennis Allen... He kind of downplayed it, but Michael Thomas didn't practice because he had a little, in the words of Dennis Allen, a little bit of a hammy. Uh, I'm Should not going to be pa- playing the uh, Tech Mobile injury music. <laughs> I 
I forget about that. Thanks for thanks for reminding me about the uh, about the tech mobile music. I, I forget that it's right there on the sound on the soundboard, begging to be used. Uh, it brings uh, back so many memories. It does. I'm not worried about it because the Saints have 21 days to get ready for Atlanta. So I know Michael Thomas. <laughs> He's had some injury issues, and he has trouble coming back from injuries. And the Saints have the new soft tissue injury guy. I don't know where he is. But, I mean, somebody on Twitter, I think Balky said, if they didn't have the new soft injury, soft tissue injury guy, Michael, Ham- Michael Thomas, his legs w- would have fallen off. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not, con- I'm not concerned. They got 21 days to get ready for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm concerned, sure. I mean, I, I think any time a guy's banged up and – not a hundred percent. I think you worry. Um, I mean, it, it could be just a precaution. It could be they're very, being very careful, get, given all the things that you just said about Michael Thomas. And, and it could be that you know it's a hamstring thing that lingers because we know hamstrings can are notorious for being tricky. And you think you're good, and it takes a while to heal up. So yeah, yeah it, it's a concern, especially when you consider that Michael Thomas's injury. We're all a little shell shocked, and we're all. We have PTSD, right, from an injury that was supposed to be maybe three to six weeks, and we know two, it was years, like, two, it was like two, two years, two years later. So, uh, um, you know, I I think a lot of Saints fans are panicking and, and losing their minds. This is and, the first. This is the first real sort of setback that Michael Thomas says everything has gone pretty much perfect. Couldn't have gone any better for him, right? That he he's working on the side, then he was working in seven seven, then he went to Green Bay, kicked some butt in Green Bay. Like it was all progressing ever, absolutely perfect until the hamstring today. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the problem with the setback though is that you know he even admitted this himself. He said, you know, I, I'm not there yet. Like he said, you know, I'm close, and and he he was getting better every day, and mm-hmm. I think you were seeing signs that he could certainly be really effective in an NFL game. But was he? completely and utterly dominant like the Michael Thomas of old like I think a lot of people said yeah he's not quite there yet he's still trying to work his way back to that and so this is a setback um, but look I, I think drafting Olave was a necessity but this is the reason why you picked up Jarvis Landry exactly for this right because Michael because he hasn't played in two years and we were concerned that he'd be able to come back and be 100% so Look, it would be a shame if right out of the gate, week one, they're going to test that theory because let's say Michael Thomas misses a game against the Falcons. That would really suck. But this is exactly why Jarvis Landry is in the building. So, um, you know, they have they have things in place in case the worst case happens. But hopefully, look, he takes a week off, like you said. And uh, look, I wasn't really expecting him to play in this preseason game anyway. I, I don't really need to see that. So as long as he can kind of rehab it, get ready to go, and he's fine for week one, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and look, Jameis got in seven on seven today. Hopefully he progresses. I, I think the concern for me with Jameis is uh, he doesn't need to play Friday. I don't care. But he needs to practice because if he doesn't practice this week, that's three weeks of practice, and eventually you have to like you have to practice in the NFL. I know fans were like – Well, he Don't. did. He did practice this week. Yeah. He yeah. practiced today. But, I mean that, that – that's huge. I mean, yeah. I, that, that's that's really all I needed to hear and see. Uh, well, I didn't see it, but that, that's all I really <laughs> needed to hear. And uh, so, as far as I'm concerned with Jameis, we're good. Yeah, they. You know, listen, the Saints. I think the more I think about it, besides Dennis Allen uh, getting to yell at the referees for trying to trying to cheat the Saints and make uh, Will Lutz kick into the wind. 
uh, and his 59-yard field goal probably would have been just barely been good into the win. Instead, it was would have been good from like 75. Uh, besides that, the biggest thing uh, to me against Green Bay was Trevor Penning had a bounce-back game, and Dennis Allen talked about it uh, after practice today in the Dome. I thought overall pretty well. I think he's a tremendous run block. Certainly there's some growth that still needs to, to, to come in the passing game. But yet, he played a lot of snaps, and, and I would say the majority of those. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The snaps graded out pretty well. So, I, I mean, is it fair to say, did you, did, did you get to talk to any of your sources post-game, Andrew, that sort of confirmed it? Like, yeah. His progress, he he's on the right path. Yeah, the text that I was sent was, yeah, it's almost like last week was his first game. <laughs> he's like, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. So, yeah, no, so they, they saw some growth. I mean, I think we all did, right? I mean, if you watched that game and you watched him mm-hmm. closely, uh, there weren't kind of the glaring concerns that you saw from the week prior. So that's progress. And uh, I think he's picking up things quickly. I think he's showing improvement and he's mm-hmm. progressing each week. And my understanding is he's still in the mix, you know, and I, I don't know if he's going to start or not, but obviously this James Hurst injury and, and him missing a little time here, this has opened up a little bit of a window for Penning and Penning's getting a little bit better every day. So um, I don't know if he starts or not, but uh, I, I think he's closer than ever. And uh, the Saints are in a good spot here. Is he a guy you think plays Friday? I do, yeah, because I, I just he needs the reps. Like he's a guy. Like when when you haven't arrived and you need to play. Like that. I mean, the only w- way I would maybe say no is if Hurst's injury is more significant, where they know he's going to miss week one. And like you said, it's three weeks away, so I don't really see Hurst's injury being a concern for. And I'm told that it's his injury is not a big deal, so I don't think it's going to last three weeks. But the only way I would say don't play Penning is if you know he's your starting left tackle. Because then, then yeah. what's the point? But but he's a rookie, and you know, I mean, Dennis Allen said it. He needs the reps. He needs work. You know, he he's a work in progress, and so he needs those snaps. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I do I do expect yeah. to see him play. And I'll tell you what, I'll piggyback off that and mention Caesar Ruiz. 
Uh, I know the Saints were really I, – I know there was a screen pass thing where he not, knocked over Tony Jones, um, but he he played a really tremendous game. He, he looked really, really good, and uh, that's the kind of growth in year three you want to see from him. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a year, Ralph, where I feel like for the last several years we've talked about this offensive line and we've said how good it is and that they just need health, and they really haven't had health the last few years. And uh, I would say that – the offensive lines may be been, been one of the most disappointing and underperforming groups of, of the roster. And maybe this is a year where we kind of go in not expecting too much, you know, and, and maybe thinking, you know, between, <laughs> between Pete and Ruiz, the guards aren't that good. And at left tackle with James Hurst, if, if Penning isn't ready, that's maybe a little shaky there. Um, and, and maybe, and, and, you know, Ramchek has, has been banged up with his knee and it might be degenerative, but maybe this is a year where, luck turns and we're maybe not quite expecting yeah. as much from that group and it's better yeah when we go into week 17 and we're like the saints offensive line only has three missed starts between the five of them and we're like what is happening um, well i mean if that was gonna happen man make this the year please i mean it would the thing is too with the saints that was that was interesting today was Merritt got snaps at running back yeah um and, and, and the name that popped into my mind when I saw that, Andrew, and I didn't tweet it, but the name that popped into my mind is, are they looking for another time Montgomery? And I know Saints fans probably on this, that listen to this podcast are patrons, you're diehards, and you're, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's a good fit. But like most casual Saints fans, probably Ty Montgomery, whatever. But Ty Montgomery is a guy, he ran for 100 yards in a game where Alvin Kamara had the Rona and Tony Jones Jr. got hurt on the first play. He played receiver and he played special teams. Like if you have a dude that does can do all of those three things and be either close to average, average, or slightly above average, that helps your roster so much. So it's really interesting to me why they would do that. Is it a sense of do they do it because they don't like what they have at running back or they're just like, you know what, maybe this guy can do it and – he gives us a lot, a lot of roster flexibility. It's practice. Let's give it a whirl. Like, why well, do you think? I, I think they're they're probably too deep at receiver to justify putting Merritt on the team if if that's that's just what he does, right? So, at a minimum, he has to be good on special teams, and if he can show something else in another area, and yeah, you mentioned Montgomery. Actually, Joel Thomas, the, the Saints running back coach, made that exact comparison. So, um, I think that's what they're thinking too. But, um, look. Traveris Cadet, I know he had the running back position next to his name, but th- this is a position that he and Reggie Bush and Sproles, to some degree, they played it too. Now, maybe Sproles and, and Reggie were maybe more running back focused, but th- this was this, you know, whatever you want to call it, satellite back role that Cadet played, and Cadet was more of a slot receiver for this team, you know, and, and catching passes out of the backfield. And if that's the role that they, and, and that's what Ty, Ty Montgomery did to some degree. And if that's the role they envision for Merritt, I, I, it just makes him more multiple. And I do think it makes him harder to cut. And look, the, the thing you got to remember is that even if you're a practice squad guy, you can get called up. Because remember, you get two practice squad call-ups. And a lot of times, guys that can help them on game day, that they think they can sneak through waivers, you know, the, it, it, it could be that you're on the 53-man roster, but you're actually going to be inactive on game day. And the two guys that get elevated from the practice squad, they're going to play. So, you know, not making the team doesn't necessarily mean in terms of actually getting on the field and getting opportunities 
that you're behind some of these guys that actually make yeah, the that, team. I think that's a great point. I think it's one thing to remember in the post-COVID world of the NFL – the expanded practice squad clearly isn't going away. I think teams like it. I think it gives them more flexibility. But what it does is roster moves, and I call them roster shenanigans. It's just it's just shuffling. It's way more complicated, and teams try to figure it out and game it and say, "Hey, can we can we cut this guy on a Saturday night? Can we cut this guy on a Saturday morning and get him through?" And 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 it, that you have a lot more of that than you used to have pre-COVID in my mind. So I just think the roster, like, just because, you know, it used to be, oh, the Saints made all these cuts the final week, and this was kind of the 53-man roster, except for maybe kicker where Sean Payton did some shenanigans. But now, the roster moves, it doesn't even matter the first, like, it, it's constantly in, in a state of churn. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. That's saintshappyhour.com. Yeah, no, and the, the cut on Saturday nights is especially fascinating to me because you know that 16 teams are on the road, right? 16 teams are in transit. So even if they wanted to claim a guy... Like they, they're not really in a position to like bring them into the building because they're all gone. So uh, the 16 teams aren't even – they're not going to put a waiver claim just because of where they are. And the, and the home teams, quite frankly, they don't start game planning until the game's over. So I think for the home teams, they're not interested in those players because they're like, we're, we're not going to be able to use this player on our game plan. So you would have to like a player so much. Yeah. That you would boot a player from your roster basically on game day that, that, that you were going to shelve anyway and, and have a vision for a guy where you're like, yeah, we want to keep this guy. Because now, like, if you make a waiver claim, too, you have to commit to keeping him, like, yeah, like, and, like three, three weeks, I think. So yeah, and the, like, you'd have to have a vision for them in subsequent weeks, and teams just don't game plan that far ahead. And the thing is, like, there's a point in the NFL – where like I don't know if it's Friday, I don't know if it's Saturday at like four o'clock or five. There's a point where everything turns to Sunday, and you're not doing anything on your roster because the coach, the plan, everything's locked in, and like this is the roster we're gonna have. These are the people we're gonna have active. Everything goes to Sunday, winning the game, right? And these players that we're talking about that get cut, it isn't worth it. Isn't worth it. For a team, you know, it isn't worth it for the Saints to say, "Hey, Andrew Juge just got cut from the Ravens," and oh my God, we gotta put a, we gotta claim him. He's got to be on the roster, and we gotta go to fifty-two. And if if special teams doesn't go well, okay, that's fine. And Andrew Juge or whoever is worth having, that never happens. So it, like you say, it's right, just you it's, gotta have the confidence that that guy can help you for three weeks. You know, yeah, stay as a placeholder, but. You know, one thing, Ralph, I want to bring up is, and this was another notable thing about practice today. Um, 
Nephi Sewell, I might be pulling a Ralph here. Honestly, I've paid so little attention to him that I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping that that's how you pronounce it, Nephi. But if you're in Discord, correct me if I'm wrong with that and shame me. But uh, he was with the ones. He, he practiced with Demario Davis, and he was ahead of Eric Wilson and, and some of the other linebackers. Um, and he, he So we missed the boat, Ralph. Like when we did that UDFA <laughs> draft, and we, we, we missed took the five boat. players – like, if you had t- taken Sewell as your UDFA son, you'd be sitting pretty right now. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, the sweepstakes for best UDFA, he is far, far ahead at the top of the list based on how practice went today. So, you know, my money's on him at this stage. Of all the UDFAs, he, he, he's maybe the most likely to make the team, but very notable and interesting. Obviously, Pete Werner's out, and if he's able to come back, he would start. But Sewell is in the mix and, and I, looking pretty good to make this team right now. We want you to come. We'll have a rule for you. That's right. So the, the, the UDFA draft, it, it felt like it was deep and we were going to have a bunch of guys make the team. It's kind of looking like a disaster. Smoke Monday gets injured. Uh, Kroll catches a touchdown but has OPI. He's kind of banged up. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it, we, we, we might have – He hasn't seen the field yeah, hardly. Like, it, we, yeah. we might have screwed the pooch on the, the UDFA Sun draft, but that's what makes it fun. Uh, little Jordan, by the way, is just killing it in New England. Um, yeah, what's, up, what's up with that? Well, New England, their receivers are trash is what that is. Um, yeah, do you, so I, here's my question about that, though. Do you think little Jordan – are we getting a little Marquez Callaway preseason, you know, or Tony Jones Jr. I think that's what it magic is. Here? Is that what's I think, going on? I think, I think little Jordan, Tony Jones Jr., Marquez Callaway. In baseball, they call the player like a, like a 4A player. Like you have double A, you have triple A, a triple A, and then you go to the minors. They have the player that like when you're between triple A and a major league player, they call you a 4A player. Like you're not quite good enough to be a major league player, but in triple A, you just kick ass all over the place. I think little Jordan and Tony Jones Jr. are kind of like that. And, and Marcus Callaway, like they can kick ass in the preseason, but like, in the NFL, they're just like not quite good enough to be uh, start like starting quality, and that you're always looking for somebody new. But little Jordan, you know, if he was anywhere else but New England, I'd be rooting for him. But I hate the Patriots. I'd rather him be like some team I liked, you know, or even yeah. something that well, I didn't that I didn't have an opinion on. Um, I think you're I, I think you're spot on with that uh, comparison, Ralph. But uh, I, I will I will say this: uh, the real victory here, and, and and what I'm here for is your mispronunciation of. Marquez Calloway again. Mark, so it's Mark. I'm, I'm just really glad. I'm just really glad that happened. So it's Marquez. You got it. Marquez. Marquez, not Marquez. Marquez, like quiz show. Quiz. All right. So that's what's going on with the Saints. And and listen, special. We we went over on the fri- on the Friday night show. The special teams was off, and Gilligan Gilligan got drug tested. By the NFL because he dropped the eighty-one yard punt. I mean, can you blame them? <laughs> That's what I would. If my job was to drug test NFL players, the punter that blasts a punt eighty-one yards, he's getting tested. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Will Lutz coming back from injury and kicking a field goal that would have been good from seventy-five. He should have gotten tested too. All right. Just I love. Saying. I love the fact that Gilligan tweeted it out though. That was amazing. Yeah, that, I love. That was. That was I love twenty twenty-two. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. If I had heard through the grapevine that Gilligan was getting tested after that game, 
after that punt, I'd be a little nervous. So That's right. I, I'm glad that he's making the joke because he must be very confident that, that he's, he's clean. clean. His pee glow is like a glow stick in the dark. Um, you look around the league, Andrew. Now, look, I, part of me doesn't like to openly celebrate injuries because I feel like it brings bad juju on the Saints. But part of me is your attitude. Like, injuries are going to happen. And, and it's and it's wrong. And it's wrong, <laughs> that, too. Yeah, that, too. And it's wrong. But part of me is your attitude. is like, injuries are going to happen. So... If it isn't it's, the it's Saints, not get, if it's not if it's when it's injuries are going to happen. Better to happen to other teams than the Saints. And listen, I can't remember a team. I, I, I mean, I well, the Saints. What year did they have to get Paris Harrelson at linebacker? What year was that? Ah, man, it was like twenty. It was like twenty two thousand six. No, it was. It was, was later. Well, it was 2006 they had to get Shanley, but that was just because the linebackers were bad. It wasn't because they were uh, injured. I'm, I'm thinking of Simino. I'm sorry. Yeah, P- Paris Harrelson was 15. I mean, that was that was a that was a Rob Ryan era. Yeah, it was like 15. It was I think it was 15, 16. Yeah, and sounds right. And the Saints just got decimated. And they're like, hey, San Francisco, here's your seventh round pick. Give us your linebacker. Tampa is quite frankly they're there with their their offensive line, and not only is it their offensive line. They went into training camp and everybody was like, "They got new, you know. They had, uh, they lost the guard." I mean, yeah, T- Tampa's offensive line is Saints' corner last year. In I, I mean, it's they're dev- they're decimated. They're 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 they lost the guard. They lost their center. Um, I, you know they they have uh, a tackle works who's is, who's banged up. Yep. And look, they have three weeks to get re- to get healed as, as much as the Saints. But like Jansen, he ain't coming back. The guard, he's out for the year. He tore to ACL and MCL yesterday. Um, so it's a it's a problem. And so the thing still is, waiting for Brady to come back too. Is things are weird in Tampa. I love the fact that there is a giant conspiracy theory that started on Reddit and leaked out into Twitter and mainstream social media that. Tom Brady was gone for 10 days because he was on the mask singer. Uh, Incredible. I I know it's not true, but I want it to be true. (laughs) Well, how do you know it's not true? The singers haven't been revealed yet. I know if he, if he left, but you know what? Leaving for 10 days to go on the mask singer would be like a total just Brady. Um, it, that's just a total. I'm Tom Brady. You can do whatever the hell I want. Tampa, I it's run. Not, your, it's I run not. It's not like totally now. unbelievable because it's Tom Brady. That's right. I mean, he runs Tampa now. I mean, basically, he got him. He got him Julio. He got him that other washed up tight he got, end. He got the. He got the coach fired. Yeah, he got the coach. Not. Yeah, he well retired. A forced retirement. Um, but. But that just goes to show you, Andrew, knock on wood or whatever you have around you. This Saints camp, I mean, listen, besides the the, the recent injury of Michael Thomas and the hamstring and the, and the, the foot injury with Jameis, I mean, the camp has been gr- great. If you told me at the beginning of training camp the biggest concern injury-wise with the Saints would be Jameis with a sprained foot who's missing practice – and Michael Thomas would tweak a hamstring in the dome, but have three weeks to get it right, and that would be your and Pete Warner, I guess, 
uh, that those are your main injury issues. Like that's not bad. Like that's not a. I mean, it's not a. It's not perfect training camp, but it's really good. And I look around the league, and, and I. I mean, I don't know about Werner because again, I'm worried about the surgery there. But Michael Thomas and Jameis, I expect them to be ready for Week One. Mm-hmm. And really, it's nice for them to have practice and get ready and be. But like, none of this matters as long as they're good to go for Week One and they're playing well when the game gets here. Like, yeah. do we really give a shit about this stuff? No. Like, it's it's a ramp up period, so. You know, obviously you want the ramp up period to go well and but but like it's it's all about get to week one healthy and 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 you know let's yeah. start there healthy so, practicing week one yeah. you're good yeah if Jameis and and Michael Thomas are good to go for week one like none of this really matters and like you said three weeks you know there's yeah. there's time hopefully Pete Werner's okay because I don't know how I feel about Nephi Sewell who's starting at <laughs> linebacker so you know that 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 feels a little weird. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think they're in a good spot health wise and this could have gone a lot worse. Um, yeah, Jan, a little worried about James Hurst a little bit too. And look, this, this list of injuries now they, they did play in green Bay and they had a long game and a lot of the guys that were on that list um, practically played the whole game. So it doesn't surprise me that they're missing a lot of guys and hopefully they're just mildly banged up. Nothing too serious. I, I noticed Taysom Hill both left the game with an injury and he, he was out for practice today. So it's kind of been a rough training camp and preseason for Taysom. I feel like he's been out a lot banged up. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully again, there's plenty of time to rest. And uh, a lot of these guys that are on this list, hopefully they can come back soon. Yeah. And that'll wrap it up. And, and by the way, guys, our big live stream is Tuesday night because Thomas is somewhere vacationing in Poland. I think in Poland, you can either go, there's like one lake or you go to the mountains and get drunk. Like those are the two vacation options in Poland that I was explained that Thomas explained it to me. There's, that's it. They have a hotel. Well, which which on a one lake. did he pick? Uh, I think he said he went to the mountains and he was going to get hammered every day for a week. I know he's on, va- I, I respect Thomas. He's like, I'm going on vacation. Like no, nothing in the Discord. No, nothing from Thomas. He's just he's just pounding beers and scotch somewhere in Poland. He's just he's just drunk. And I'll hear from him tomorrow as we plan Tuesday show. He'll groggily get to me probably at like four in the afternoon when he stumbles home or wherever he, wherever he lives in Poland. Well, we like to make a lot of jokes, but he deserves a week off. And uh, you know he. I know patrons will will echo this. Uh, I feel like our game has changed w- with his help and guidance. And it's, he does. It's been awesome. Thomas, so he's the he's the man. I, he deserves this. Week. He deserves it. He Thomas has he has he has ridiculously high standards, and he just he's just drug us up. Like he's like, no, that's not good enough. Get a get a better mic. Buy Dave. Get Dave a mic. Get Kevin a mic. Get the, he he drags us up. Where our, our standards, we were always like. As long as they can hear it and it's not like at the bottom of a swimming pool, it's good enough. But not Thomas. He dra- he drags us. He's dra- dragged us up to like semi-professional, almost professional audio on a daily basis. Well, let's not go crazy here. Let's not go crazy. But anyway, guys, this has been a Monday show. We'll we'll have practice reports every day this week. Um, and listen, Saints, so far so good. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, by the way, we had. 10,000 people visit the uh, patron page from uh, Facebook 
the past week. So if you know people that uh, haven't uh, signed up and they aren't sure if they want to be a patron, tell them it's worthwhile. The booze bundle, get them a shirt. It's it's amazing. Everybody should join. We want to we want to have we want to grow the fan base, get more people in here to having fun because we know we're having a blast. And guys, thanks for supporting the show, and we will see you again tomorrow.